This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Richard Woodward, and I'm delighted to welcome back the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how are you doing? I'm very well, Rich. Great to see you. Great to chat. How are you doing? You okay? I'm okay, yeah. I'm yeah. just a bit blustery outside. I've not been uh, accosted by any trees yet, but there's some definitely some flying debris around. So, uh, mm. yeah. Um, how about yeah. you? I, I hear you had some adventures on Tuesday night. <sighs> Christ, the highways agency. There's a there's a there's a grumpy old man rant to be had about that. Uh, it's um, yeah, it's anybody going to evening games. If you're travelling any distance, and particularly travelling to the West Country, what was I thinking? Um, it was a it was a let's just say we got home late, and I'm pretty good on Essex now. Let's just say, particularly the eastern bits around Cambry Island and Grays. It's uh, it was yeah, it wasn't dull. But, the job uh, is in Essex, Cambry White. Yeah, exactly. Right. Worth it, worth it for the evening. Absolutely well worth right. it for the evening. Really was, yeah. 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 Well, we'll, mm. we'll come on to we'll, we'll come on to remember. I had a similar fun trip up to Hull at the weekend. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll kind of let's skirt through uh, the last two matches and get us back up to speed. And a, a shout out to yeah. my mate Seb, who drove us across the Pennines in horrible weather on Saturday to Hull. And what was waiting for us was a lovely drink with uh, Graham of Naked Footy fame, which was lovely. And then from three o'clock onwards, or three o four onwards, <laughs> it was a bit of a shocker to be honest. Um, <laughs> We didn't really. We've dealt with Hull to, to good lengths on Sunday with Joe and Ben, so we won't go into too much mm. into that. But I think maybe an eye opener, given we were quite positive, definitely thought there were ways to attack Hull, and yeah. maybe some silly mistakes again that have cost us. Um, I assume you've seen the goals, and I think we both yeah. have just remarked that the one player we kind of picked out was Bowen, and lo and behold, he's the one who does the damage. Yeah. Um, and maybe a bit of a sign of things to come. And then Tuesday, the Blue Monday WhatsApp group was, yeah, it was red hot, wasn't it, when we saw that lineup? I mean, do you want to start with before the kickoff? And you made the journey back mm. because uh, primarily because of to pay your respects to Kevin Beattie, wasn't it? Yeah, I wanted to go. I wanted to go over just a huge words of praise both to the club and to Radio Suffolk. To uh, for BBC Radio Suffolk for the work they did in commemorating his life. It's been, it was it was wonderful. Mark Mark Murphy deserves the biggest hug from all town fans, and he, it was uh, 
he was brilliant on the evening as well. All the, the former players came out and then they were interviewed at half time. And rounds of applause are often kind of, you know, particularly in an away game, you don't know the player. And so it's polite decorum and you, you always, you know, applaud appreciatively. This was different. This was on a whole other level. I was, I had tears. I wasn't the only one around me. I can tell you that it was, um, it was a fitting tribute to an utterly wonderful man. Mm. Um, and, uh, I think we've all had selfies with him. We've all had hugs. We've all had our hands crushed. You know, he's the warmest, kindest man who absolutely loved the club. And it was just, it was an absolute privilege to be there. It really was. Um, and I, I, it was, yeah, not, not much really more to say to it, but just thank the club. And also put in a definite thanks to BBC Radio Suffolk for, for their commemorative work. The, the piece, the, the phone-in show that Mark did the on the, I think it was the Monday. It was, yeah. um, it was the Monday, that three-hour show. I listened to it later in the, on the Tuesday. Um, I'd been working. And it was, um, I listened to it Tuesday morning before I set off. And uh, it was, it was you know, if you could, if you could bottle it, um, you would. It was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I, I listened back to it again on demand. I think um, yeah. one of the guys who works on the show is a town fan. Said it was one of the highest streamed radio shows in the country not on surprised. Monday, and yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It was it was really good. A really broad spectrum of people, obviously, with an Ipswich yeah. town leaning, but yeah. different people and people who obviously fellow pros, but also fans and people who ran the area as well. Um, yeah. yeah, it was really great, and and yeah, I, I quite like the minute silence, but I also think that. The beat is the kind no. of person that probably would have loved the old round of applause. No, the, the applause was totally right. It was yeah. totally right. It really was. It was a, it was an absolute celebration, and just you know how utterly lucky, how utterly lucky we were to have him. Yeah, indeed. Let's let's talk about Hull, shall we? Uh, yeah. Sorry, let's talk about Brentford. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah we I've alluded to already the, the lineup and the shift of system, um, some personnel changes and some personnel. What's the opposite of changes? Um, some players that were on the team sheet who were there on Saturday yeah. that I probably wouldn't have wanted to see again. Nah. Um, yeah. Yeah, tell us about this, Harry. Er- errors and omissions. Um, well, the, the best way I can describe it, I was late. Um, the traffic home was bad, but the traffic just... The, I, I only got to the ground at 10 past 7 as well. Again, road, road uh, the A12 and the M25 were great fun, but the, um, the walking to the ground, so I only literally got there and I went, Parked the car up and walked straight up to the ground. And there was a nine-year-old and his dad chatting. And the kid said, "Dad, why are Nolan and Edwards on the bench? I don't understand it." And as I just wrote down my notes here, the dad didn't answer direct directly, but Roy Keane's name was was mentioned. <laughs> and uh, there were, if you were walking around the concourse with the fan zone, just listening to the general ambient noise, you always pick up the side comments. And and there was there was genuine genu- genuine bafflement. I think mm. is the only way I can describe it. Twitter's um, the same, by the way, as you do yeah, select. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a real head scratcher um, and just looking at the evidence I mean Hurst the, br- the brilliant thing he did was putting Ward on McEachran because when I did the notes for TWTD on Monday McEachran is the deep line playmaker he's the danger man and Ben picked up on it in his match report as well he put Ward on him and basically quietened him down for the first half and McEachran can fade in games so he was able to then he freed up Ward a little bit in the second half he was able to then not just kill the kill McEachran but he was actually able to then be a bit more kind of on the offensive um however nullifying mckechran is one thing but putting we all know this i'll say it briefly but put leaving Tanassian as a left wing back yeah. a right wing a right a right back but, but against a team who are known for their wingers it was i just 
it, you could, and you could see it during the game. They were working. You had Dalsgaard, you had Watkins, and every so often Ben Rama flicked over. So they, you know, they, they, you know, they all wanted to join in the party. That was it was like a wound that they were working all the time. And I did wonder. I mean, somebody said it, but I didn't see it happen in the game. I was in the co-op, and uh, I got a pretty good seat looking down, just just to one side of halfway. And I wondered even why they couldn't have moved. Um, one of the strikers at Harrison out left, say, because it was clear. The other thing that was very clear in the first half as well was that Jackson was having a great time giving what was a fairly decent Brentford back line uh, right going, going over. He, course, was, yeah. he was he was doing a Walters job. He was just he was, into, yeah. he was crashing into them, just pressing them, harassing them. He was he was he was brilliant. He was just like a battering ram with them. It was brilliant to watch. He really led the line well, and I just felt I know Brentford are good. The defenders can bring the ball out. But that, to me, was less of a threat than Dalsgaard hammering up alongside Watkins, um, and I just felt that was that was that would have worked, I think, if he if he'd taken that approach. And obviously, and the other obvious question is um, Spence and not Eden or Kenlock. You know, it's you know Kenlock. Kenlock. I remember he played. He was and he was a left wing back at Villa away in that famous one nil win, one of Chambers' greatest ever games defensively. The way he marshalled a makeshift back line. Yeah. There was Kenlock and he had Knudsen as a left sided centre back, and he was perfectly fine. He can mm. do it. Kenlock has an attacking side to his game. Pop him in. He would have done just as good job and have Donaskin yeah. on the other side. Sorry, round beginning. It just, it just. The other problem then was, it's fine to talk about the personnel and the shape, but the other problem in the first half was the disposition of our play, where you had players that were misreading runs, they were habitually turning backwards, um, which is what players do when they lack confidence, and they were pausing. We also saw a few hesitations. Same against Hull. The, the killer ball was on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just... Point, this, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the difference in tempo, both of attacking play, Brentford, urgency, we, you know, God, they, when they're slick, they're slick. Right. Um Whereas, and the other problem we had without the ball was that we weren't pressing as a coherent unit. Um, I think Steve picked up on that one of the town fans. He mentioned it in one of his pieces. It was a very a good, very good match report on TWTD, um, where individual players we were pressing individually, but of course that's useless. You need yeah. everybody needs it needs to be a coordinated. They then thing. started to do their triangles yeah. around us, didn't they? So if one they person did. kind of moves forward, yeah. then someone moves into space, the ball's gone, isn't it? Yeah, but um, that said. Um, the booing before half time, the players, if any of them are listening to this or if any of the playing staff, it, the, I don't think the fans were booing the players. They were booing the system. The players yeah. were giving everything. There was nobody hiding. They were wholehearted. They were doing what they could. But it was the imperfections were were manifest in the model that they were trying to play to. It just screamed um, of men against boys, didn't it? Or a team yeah, with its yeah. well oiled is the phrase that we yeah. keep hearing. But they ben, absolutely ben, were. Ben texted that. Ben said that in his post-match report, the first half, and I actually t- texted my partner at home here in Bath to say they were the exact words I used. That said, the second half, then suddenly, um, yes. the, the, whole, the model changed, yeah. and it was it was industry, it was effort. Once they took McEachern off, that made a, that made a big difference because him and McLeod are the two. Now McLeod can't play three games in a week, so that's why he was rested. Their final midfield trio was McEachern, Yenneris and Judge, who are all industrious, but they're not necessarily that creative. Mm. And I felt you could see that you could see the pendulum starting to swing. And by the end of the game, they were happy to get out of there with a point. But you bit like the Norwich game, I think you said when we were chatting before the ship before we started recording, um, that you could see the pendulum suddenly Kind of, kind of swing across, um, and there was only one team who was going to win at the end. But it was effort and heart for us in the second half. Definitely, we just felt enough is enough. Let's just take the game to them. But and with this change of shape and everybody, let, 
let's just stick with the model that we know works. Yeah, yeah. it felt like we were going back to something familiar, and obviously the first half was yeah. just too experimental. I, I can get, I yeah. can understand it. Well, I mean, we'll come on to Bolton in a minute, and I think they did a similar. They moved to a three or a five, didn't they, against Borough, and that yeah. had similar results. Although I don't think they changed it, but yeah. Yeah. you know, I think long term, I think Hurst said today that it, he's probably got the personnel to do it. But you just think we haven't won a game yet, exactly. and and as you say, the kind of confidence isn't there. Players don't really know their roles too much. You've changed against Norwich, changed it back against Hull, changed it back against Brentford, then the second half gone back to something more familiar. It's just, it reeks a little bit of, you mentioned Keane, I'm thinking Paul Jewell, I'm thinking yeah. square pegs in round holes, uh, left-backs at yeah. right-back and right-backs at left-back and so on. And uh, Yeah. I mean, we've, we've obviously had a few questions, a few bits and pieces about Mr. Hurst, and we'll, we'll come back to him at the end. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask, kind of, given we've just talked about Paul Jewell and, and Mullins asked the question, um, have we, you know, is the with all this pressure, have we got a diamond in Paul Hurst, or is he destined to be this Paul Jewell that is going to tinker? Or, you know, it's difficult to say, isn't it? And Ben's point against Norwich mm. that Paul is kind of chucked the model up in the air a little bit for yeah. Norwich. You could argue it worked because we got the point. But has it just totally removed all the progression that was starting to build since day one against Blackburn? What's your thoughts there? Two two observations. It's you try to look at what evidence there is really, and the one glorious piece of evidence we know from the championship is because the players are imperfect, that if you find a model, you stick to it, the players will get confident with it and they will be ultimately augmented by about ten percent on their performance. That can get you promoted. And it doesn't matter what the model is, as long as you know what it is and you stick to it, it will work. Holloway did it with his way of playing a Blackpool four three three. Allardyce did it in a completely different way. As long as you have a coherent way of playing, Wolves did it last Mick year with a lovely it. three four three. Mick did it, yes exactly. You know, it's there you have to have a model of play and you players grow in confidence it becomes intuitive, it becomes second nature. And Hurst nearly did it last year with Shrewsbury. Mm. And that's why I think that's that's the head scratcher, is he overthinking it? I do think there is one other thing. I, I picked up on this in the in the Brentford press conference where he talked about pre the pre one. He talked about that not being a huge difference between managing at League One or lower league level and the championship. Oh, yeah. And and I would gently beg to differ. If I've mi- if I have misheard me, if I've misheard that I apologize, but I'm pretty certain that's what he said. And to me, at championship level, you have players with strong track records. It's not just even big egos, but they have self-belief. They have ways of knowing how to play. And it's, I think it's different if you've brought a team up. If you look at Millwall or Sheffield United, but they've, there is that collegiate nature, and you just you're just well, we're carrying on the next or Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, yeah. the next the, the next chapter in the adventure. But when you inherit a team, um, as I say, I think you you you've you've got to understand that people and it, it goes right the way through even more and more again the further up you go into the Premier League and at Champions League level you're dealing with players who have actually got a track record of achievement and yeah. you, you, you need to work with that but um, I don't know um, the jury's out at the moment it is and uh, we made exactly the same points on Sunday about um, maybe a bit of humility and in, in realising that you're a level up and as yeah. you say the players you're dealing with as well you know the one player that probably you could argue is is the most hard done by is the three times player of the year who went to the world cup um arguably probably one of our highest earners as well um and the way that you know he's kind of been not slagging off gherkin who's come in and and done pretty well but yeah those those are the kind of decisions that maybe uh, attract a bit of attention and maybe put you under pressure yeah Um, yeah. but yeah definitely the jury is still out yeah and as we've probably said for the last few weeks 
a real opportunity for a winnable game on Saturday against uh, opponents Bolton. So that seems a good time to uh, to make yeah. the, make the well we're making the trip back to Portman Road. Are we making that on Saturday? Yes, Let's chat Bolton. So um, a really great start for Bolton. A really su- a surprising, almost Ipswich Town last season esque start. Absolutely. Um, and then the last two games, particularly against QPR at home. Um, I don't know if that's QPR coming into a bit of form because they won again against Millwall in midweek, didn't they? Um, yeah. But two defeats, nevertheless. Um, a bit of rotation going on. And, and unfortunately, quite and sadly, quite a lot of upheaval off the pitch as well. It's sad news yeah. about Stephen Darby this week and, and obviously your thoughts with his family as he kind of battles yeah. um, a really serious illness. And obviously, benefactor, owner... Um, passed away as well and uh, I think fortunately his kind of one of his last acts was to save the club financially um, for a while as well so quite a lot going on at Bolton and um, yeah these results um, I think Mark's asked a question around this you know is is all this stuff off the pitch um, influencing on the pitch or is this kind of a, a sign of Bolton maybe regressing to where we would probably expect them to be which is bottom half I think yeah um I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, I think you, you, you've pretty much nailed, nailed it all there, Rich, in the sense that um, the the off-field issues aren't affecting things on the field. I mean, Stephen, you know, poor old Stephen Darby. Um, he was, it's, it's, I think, it's motor neuron disease. Yeah. He's been diagnosed with, which is heartbreaking. Um, and Eddie Davis, bless him, he, you know, he bankrolled the club, and he that five million he put in to stop the administration. It was a kind of one last very affectionate gesture I don't think that's affected anything on the pitch I think it hasn't helped it certainly hasn't helped the mood music for them but um, it, it certainly it's they've got one point from 12 and I think your analogy with our start last season under Mick you know they got off to a blistering start which was excellent a lot of it's based on good away form actually and I think we'll come on and talk about it when we look at the tactics I have a feeling there's a little bit of a we're talking about a team who'd like to play on the counter away from home mm. we'll, we'll come on to that um, but they are better than last year they feel the, the squad is better than last year and like, as you say probably a regression to the mean a good lower league table team maybe mid-table uh, with a with if there's no injuries and everybody clicks, you know, maybe a, maybe a bit of a, a look at the playoff in March or something like that. But that's where that's where they that's where they would view themselves. Last year was getting up and getting established and surviving. Only just they, as well, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. And now this year, well, I mean, after the wretched start they had, I mean, their start last year isn't a million miles away from our start this year. So um, mm. yeah, I think they were even. I think it was two points from ten, mind you, it was something like that. It was oh, yeah, wow. yeah, the, yeah. You know, we, we that, that would. Not quite that a difference. Take, no, that would take some going. Yeah. Oh, so you, I think you you know what you're going to get from Phil Parkinson, don't you? And and yeah. I would probably assume you mentioned the counter-attacking style there. That doesn't necessarily surprise me with yeah. Parky, but it's a it's a squad similar to Hull. You know, I, I'll make the same comment that we made about Hull that the first eleven there's there's a bit of makeshift about it, but there are some solid names in there, isn't it? And maybe it's a yeah. point actually I think I made about Birmingham City um, that a, a pretty solid first eleven. And then you mm. get beyond into the subspension beyond, and there's not a huge amount of strength and depth there. Um, yeah. I'm looking kind of through the squad, and you've got the likes of uh, Ben Arnick in goal, who's solid at this level. Wheat, who's been around for ages. Um, Gary O'Neill. Um, yeah. Then you've got, uh, you mentioned before we start as well, wingers. They've got some yeah. decent championship options there. I quite like McGuinness up front as well. So yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not kind of a as makeshift a team as maybe we assumed for Hull. 
Um, yeah. But certainly one where the yeah a few injuries here and there, and maybe they're back in trouble, and the transfer issues as well. Yeah. Stalworths. Stalworths. How old is Gary O'Neill? He's got to be mid thirties, isn't he? Is he same with Wheater? I'd see. Yeah, yeah, uh, is what thirty-one. Yeah, no, but exactly. These players, I think, they've been going on for for you know for forever almost. They really, they really imagine that. The on Parkinson, interestingly, um, he you know he hasn't he's done he has to be fair he has put some he's got a balanced squad. So if somebody drops out, he has got a he has got a like for like replacement. Generally speaking, he's managed to do that. It's just a question of quality. But he's working a bit like Hull. He's working with he's cutting his cloth. Most teams, to be fair, unless you've got parachute money. Or, or a mad owner um, who ignores FFP. Um, they, you know, most of them are. We're, we're all playing the same game in a way. We're just thinking, okay, how can we, how can we work what what we've got cleverly? I mean, Brentford are doing it brilliantly, as we know. Mm. Um, but 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 um, but Bolton are, are, you know, they are very similar to Hull that way. Um, the comments about it's <laughs> here we go. Um, uh, comparing them to football. These are a couple of quotes from Trotters. Uh, comparing them to footballing managers like. Owen Coyle or Neil Lennon um, is is false. They say he knows that this is a results business. He's entitled to play whatever methods and style get the results needed. So the, you're in the be careful what and what you wish for kind of an hour of a little bit in that they had managers who tried to play more adventurously in the past and got them into all sorts of trouble. Parkinson has, you know, he's been pragmatic. He's got yes. them up. He will. He will just organise them and get them efficient, do enough to get up, and then we'll see where we go from there kind of thing. Yes, um, he's yeah. he, he's good at kind of, he knows what is is a reasonable outcome, I think, as well, isn't he? So yeah. he, won't, he won't try and outreach themselves, but yeah. similarly, he knows yeah. that their position is whatever they can do above the bottom three, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly that. And in, there's an interesting parallel, um, <clears throat> because we'll, we'll talk about the game against Borough. Um, they... Uh, there was criticisms of his changing formation and personnel away from their strongest 4-2-3-1 shape mm. um, when they went to a back three in an interesting parallel. However, they took the back three to a whole new level. He took it to extremes, and I think he's doing a mick. And I'll explain that. He put out a 5-4-1 shape away to Middlesbrough with four central midfielders. And of those central midfielders, Josh Vela ran forward a bit. Yes. But really, it was... right. We're, we're basically we're just going out. We're building a fortress. Good luck. And it was it got to the absurd. I was following the game on on the ticker tape um, on Wednesday night. After forty minutes, Borough had seventy percent possession. <laughs> Borough, Tony Pulis, seventy yes. percent pure football. You know, it's you know, it's kind of like a weird experiment. And Bolton had had no shots at this stage. They came into it in the second half, yeah. but it was just just like what sort of weird, what sort of weird thing is going on here? And and my suspicion is this is this team is out of character with what he's been doing all season he generally plays with wingers he plays with one up front he'll have one player who may not be a net, net creative playmaker Brentford style but who will try and link play or get forward and be a bit be a bit industrious um but the fact that he didn't play any of those I mean you looked at who was on the bench it was um it was it was players like noon it was um Donaldson he did you know he kept he kept a lot of his more, he could have put a few more attacking players on, but he deliberately held them all back. And I have a feeling it was a bit like I think Joe mentioned it during the week about um, what Mick did at Cardiff it's a last Cardiff year. Team, yeah, yeah. You know, let's just uh, bear in mind as well they're in Bolton. They've got the the, compu- the fixture computer has been hellish. They've had to go up to Middlesbrough yeah, and then down to, down yeah. to Ipswich, and that's a Wednesday to a Saturday as well. So God knows what time they got back at. I don't know what the roads up there were like, but um, anyway, it's. Um, 
I just wonder whether they thought, well, we'll take a free hit here if we can stay in the game, which they broadly did because Asambolonga, who I think is a bit of a David Nugent figure for um, for uh, Bolton and that he scores against them all the time from what they were saying, he got a, the, the second goal only came in the 95th minute. Yeah, it was late almost. So it was. So you could argue Parkinson said, look, we're, we're competitive. You were one down with 10 minutes to go. You never know. We might nick something. That was that was the approach, but it just struck me as a very the way the fans the fans were hammered into him for it. They just said this was way too negative. But as I say, if they get something on Saturday, that they'll be because yeah. make one make one the two games either side of that Cardiff play game. Play the long game, yeah. And Borough game. have got I think Borough have got 100 percent record at home, haven't they? So yeah. not many teams are going to go. Particularly teams that yeah. you know. I'm not saying Bolton are struggling, but um, but yeah, you're. <laughs> You'd probably back yourself more against Ipswich than you would against Borough, wouldn't you? So you would, we'll yeah, find out. Yeah. What, what yeah. is this? What is the standard formation? Is it is it the four two three one? Did you say it's generally four two three one? Um, they've got um, yeah, they they play and they do play with wingers. And uh, on from what I can see, that well, the, the big problem we'll come on to in a bit is Amiobi is he's out injured. He picked up an ankle ligament injury last week. Sammy Amiobi, ex Newcastle, so he's out. Um, so they do play with wingers. Um, I think it'll be Craig Noon on the right, if I'm not mistaken, and you will have a choice of Yannick Wilshut or Will Buckley on the left. We'll come on to all that. They, they play with orthodox wingers, basically, mm-hmm. and one up front. Um, and a solid mid, a solid midfield, I say, not necessarily based on anything creative. Um, the back four is generally pretty static. They have, I mean, Wheater and Beaver is, you know, you're talking heart of oak, English. Yes. Centre house, games you know. between those two, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So it's a solid defence. You know, they they're not they're not footballing centre halves, um, but and there there is also an issue with their lack of pace. Um, should, should we wander through the team? Should we do that yeah. now? Yeah, blast on through. Yeah. Okay. So starting at the back line, um, because it's a mixture. Ben Anik in key, in in goal. Let's let's start there. Generally, broadly very solid and composed. The odd flap at corners, but it's a minor criticism. He made cracking saves and he's kept them in so many games. Listening to them talking about it reminded me so much of David Marshall. Um, I was going to say Dean Gherkin, actually, as well. Actually, because, yes. Because I think yes. he's been quite. He's been a number yes. two for quite a lot of his career, hasn't he? And, yeah, he has. Yeah. yeah. Peterborough, I think, was his... Yeah, that was his... his was he at Tottenham? Recap. I think he might have come through at Spurs. This is ages ago. This is my football manager brain coming up. No, no, you could, you could. I remember Sunderland. I definitely remember yeah. Sunderland early on in his career. That I do know. Um, but um, he's uh, no. He gets criticised for kicking to distance, but that could be team orders. Team <laughs> Dean Gherkin again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, basically. You, I mean, oh, we didn't talk about David Bentley, the, the Brentford goalkeeper. I mean, the, the, the Brentford fans, I had a quick look on their message board afterwards, and they were full of praise. They thought he had a great game, made a couple of great saves. But some of his kicking was really, it was an absolute sideshow going on during the game. It was, he uh, can find touch the most, it, yeah. It, it was just, it was weird. Some of them were just, they were, they were going off and straight. It was almost like they were, they were having bets. To, well, if I can hit that advertising piece, I get six <laughs> points. So was, there was some interesting footwork on display on Tuesday anyway but Anik I don't think you'll be able to wind him up the way we've been able to get at other keepers I think he's he's broadly pretty solid um um dive there was a there was a small criticism of one they drew two all against Preston um just before the break and um he dived a bit slow for one of the ball shots but it's it's in the margins broadly pretty solid as I say Wheater and Beavers 
Quitter Exborough, it seemed to be around forever. Beavers, I remember, left-sided centre-back, ex-Millwall. Um, both are solid defensively, but incredibly slow, which then is an issue because the lack of pace means that they end up dropping back. And there have been discussions where there have been debates where, where the centre-backs have been shouting at the team to pull back and the team have been shouting at them to get forward, oh, okay. particularly against pace. Oh, well, I was going to mention Caden Jackson, but yeah, yeah. we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, um, the, I love the, the understated comments you get sometimes I'm pleased they're both here but I would have welcomed a more mobile footballing centre half this summer <laughs> well, it's more considered than maybe the Villa fans <laughs> we, we, know, we know and love <laughs> yeah, remember that poor old Tommy Elphick God, <laughs> I remember he played last week so we shouldn't yeah. actually it's interesting Devies, this is interesting Ben picked up on this a side point Devies against Hull I wonder sometimes um, as, uh, uh, getting a good centre back in can actually improve if you get the right partner. And I wonder with DeVee suddenly having an experienced hand like Elphick beside him um, will suddenly have raised his game. Perhaps, just a small uh, side point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just because it was interesting that having an old hand there who's done it could actually give that, that balance goes that way too. The plan B in, ba- in the back is Mark Wilson, who hasn't really played that much, ex-Sunderland and Stoke. He, again, he's not particularly fast, um, but he has got good passing and distribution. He's played in the League Cup match, I think they played. They lost to Leeds, but then he came on. Um, Jack Hobbs got injured. He was the other um, He was the other uh, centre-half. He got he got pulled off after a half an hour with an injury, and Mark Wilson came on. So he's, he can pass and distribute, but I think he'll be on the bench. The full-backs are interesting. And again, you've got a strong right-back, and you've got um, more fun on the other side. The right-back is very strong. Um, Pavel Olkowski. He came from um, FC Cologne in July, and he was a great foil for Amiobi when Amiobi was when he's been fit. They've been raving about this guy, the Polish lad, the Poland international. He's head and shoulders above the rest of the team at the moment. He's quick, he's strong in the tackle, he's good on the ball. His decision making is good. He's composed. He times his tackles well. Not necessarily a, a massive overlapping. He's not like Odubaja or one of those fullbacks like the the Fulham's last year who kind of goes for the corner flag. But he's he is rock solid. Generally, the defence they were saying the the back four generally is quite static. They're not they don't their object is to. You know, stable foundation basically. Yeah. But this guy they love, and they reckon he will be he will be gone next summer, and he'll be gone if not to a Premier League team, to probably a wealthier Championship team. Yeah. They can see him. They can see him going up. He's um, you know, they they they, they, they can't believe they have got him. To be quite honest, they really think sing his praises. Um, on the other side, things are less confident. Um, Jonathan Grands, um, uh, on loan from Birmingham. And uh, he had a he had a pretty poor game um, against against Middlesbrough, but um, but some of the, they've been pretty scathing. Um, he's he is probably one of the better footballing defenders they've got, but his positioning and his def- his general defensive work is weak. Um, the can someone teach him the basics of defending? He may as well go back to his old he may as well go back to his old job of standing in a field and scaring birds. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> there, we go. there you go. So that is, and the other problem they've got is that with Olkowski being pretty solid, teams generally, if you're going to find a weakness yeah, in the defence, yeah. that, that's the wound, that's where you'll go for, and they've been yeah. doing that. The player who might come back, he's missed the last two games with injury, and I couldn't nail down what the injury was, is a guy called Andrew Taylor. Um, who is um, he's got a good he's got actually got quite a good track record. He played for Wigan Borough and Cardiff, 32. He's not physically great. 
but he's and he's not again he's not an attacking fullback, but he's defensively solid first and foremost. Lack of pace. This one of them said he was as slow as a boat. Um, um, he's not great at play. Basically, he's one of those players. Keep a, keep an eye on his winger and give it simple. That that's really his job. Feels like so, one uh, of these championship stalwarts. It feels like this is a team yeah. full of those. I, yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I know. I've, I've heard of him. I've heard of Grounds as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's. I mean, that's quite. A, the right back is a new name for me. I'll be honest. But that is yeah. pretty sta- stable championship back line, wouldn't you say? It is. Yeah. It's um. It's 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 pretty solid. Their their, stre- their big strength and depth is actually in central midfield. They've got. They have a range of options, and there's one. There is one character who. Anybody going to the game, Portman Road, they'll, they'll we'll come on to him in a few minutes. Um, they've got one personality, let's just say, who who is worth watching out for. But we'll do the the two. The two holding midfielders, Gary O'Neill, who you've mentioned earlier, and Jason Lowe, um, industry, lots of it, running their socks off, covering every blade of grass. Um, O'Neill is very, very good. He he did make one awful rick. Halloran's borough, wasn't it? Or it was, Back exactly. Pass, wasn't yeah. it, I think? Yeah, it was, yeah. He's kind of, yeah. Ex-Norwich as well, so he'll get a good yes. one. <laughs> well, one of them said about him, they said he's 35, but I want him carbon dated. They think he's 24. <laughs> he, he had a brilliant game in the game against Preston just before the break. It was an away game. It was a derby, and he was brilliant. He's one, they say, gluing the midfield together. He's that type of defender. Bristol City fans liked him as well, but I think he lacked the dynamism for what they're now trying to do. So he's, in that sense, he's... Um, He's probably he's in, he's in a perfect role. I wouldn't say he's a net net sitter. But I was going to say, th- has he moved further back down the pitch? Because I always thought he yeah. was an attacking midfielder. Mm. So he's obviously. No. He's, I just say, well, 35. I think he can still pick, he can certainly pick a pass, but a solid presence alongside Jason Oak. He's good. He can read the game. He can anticipate. His positioning is very good. Um, you know, I think that's that's pretty much the role he plays now. He just kind of, it's about balance. Midfield is always about balance, and I think that's 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 where he is. He's he'll generally he'll pop up in the right place at the right time. He can read the game well. Low, they think is actually the best of the of the midfielders that they've got in terms of giving the team shape. He's a deeper line central midfielder. He won't unlock any doors, they said, but he's actually fine at the ball. He he can pick a pass, but he's not he's no playmaker. But he can he can spot a pass to a wide player or through the centre. He's not he's not just somebody who will make interceptions. Um, but he gets through a huge amount of work. That's what they were saying. He's incredibly industrious and how he can keep you know breaking up play. He's he's um he's a bit of a Duracell bunny. Um is how they described him. Low he played for Blackburn and Birmingham if I'm not mistaken. That, that's his background. But again another twenty seven, another stalwart. Hmm. The interesting character and they played this three for the last group of games. So I think that I think Parkinson has settled on this. Is a young gentleman by the name of Joe Williams. Now Williams is a twenty one year old loanee from Everton and he's worth watching out for. Um, he gives them some legs in midfield. He's he's a feisty character into the opposition from the first minute. He drives the team on with a constant vocal presence on the pitch. One of them said this lovely phrase. They said, we have missed our right horrible footballer in the middle of the park. He's got energetic. He gets stuck in and he can pick a pass. He's a bit of a wind-up merchant as well. And there was a little contretemps at the end of the derby against um, Preston when one of them was saying it was great it was a two-all draw we came back from two down and there was a 22-man brawl at the end it was brilliant brilliant stuff that's what you pay your money for that's what you pay your money for I love that because everybody has to get indignant oh this is terrible this is really awful but in fact everybody's going oh wasn't it were you there did you see it it's like ice hockey that's what you go for you don't go for the hockey do you you know know, a game might break out you never know (laughs) but apparently Williams was in the thick of this that's all I'll say he's um, they said they they can see him getting a lot of opposition players sent off 
That's he's high praise for a 21-year-old, but what you were saying about yeah. him being vocal yeah. presence as well. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's um, I think he can turn, when things are going bad, he can turn into a kind of slightly mouthy character who's, who can kind of, lower, lower, he can drop the mood of the team. And certainly in the game against Middlesbrough, there was were one or two criticisms in that sense that he was, it might tip into frustration. But um, we'll see. He's one of those, you know, I think he, he likes to play, he plays on the edge, definitely. But um, but he definitely, what he gives the midfield is urgency. He gives them forward momentum, definitely. That's that's what you get from him. Not necessarily in a creative way, but more in a, in a very championship way, if that makes sense. Very, you know, he's very physical. He's combative is the word I'd use, actually. Mm. Um, so they're the main three. Um, of the others, there's two worth mentioning. Josh Vela, who actually he played as the more forward of the four central midfielders against Borough. Um, but they, they drew a parallel with Forrest Gump in the sense that he, he, he runs like Forrest Gump. He never needs substitution. He just runs. He, and you know, he never stops running around tirelessly. But he lacks creative nous. And he's been he's a youth product. He's been with this team. For, he was. Uh, when did he? When did he get there? He's he's 24 now, and he's been there since 2011. I remember picking him up on the notes. You know when. Bolton were before they got relegated and came back up again. He's been there through a good few different uh, regimes. We, we were linked with him, I think, at least a couple of times. I think. Oh, right. I and I think that. he can play. I think it was when he was a because I think he came through as a right back, probably That's the attacking right, right back. And I think yeah. I don't know if it was Mick and or Jewel, but I think certainly mm. two transfer windows in a row. I think we were looking at him, but it sounds yeah. like he's quite a, a bit of a utility player, can play anywhere up and down the right side. He can't obviously century centrally now maybe as well. Yeah, but but the problem is he he does all of this, but to what purpose? He's not the one that said he's not making any goal scoring runs, so he he does you know he's busy, yeah. but is he you know is does he is there a, is he was ineffective as the Lincoln against Borough, and the question they're beginning to wonder is will he ever get there now? Is the you know at at that level he was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, he was brilliant in League One. Apparently, he was absolutely brilliant in League One, but if he could be one of those who falls. Who falls between the two stools? Mm. Um, other, other, the other major centre midfielder. There's a little quick one-liner on one other one because th- there's almost like a little "Where has he gone?" section where you've, you come across the name. And think, oh God, that's where he's ended up. Um, but er, the one player who's also quite promising, and he's more—I wouldn't say he's a playmaker, but he's more of a link-up player with nice touches and clever passes. And he would be a bench option. Is a guy called Erhun Otsumer. Um, he came from Walsall in June. Um, Good against winning tight games against deeper defences. He's a different type of player to the other midfielders, and he's 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 a he's a, he's a midfielder with a key. Not necessarily a high quality one, but he's the type of player who can he can pick it he can pick a defence and thread a pass through. But they tend to generally use him as a as a bench option rather than as, as someone to start a game when possibly when there's more space for him to play with. And obviously as well, coming from Walsall, he's still cutting his teeth in, in, in the championship. Mm-hmm. They think he's one of those players that will grow as the season goes on. They can see him playing a more prominent role, you know, if, you know, if they were to reconfigure it and maybe use Williams in a more box to box role, you could then have an out and out sitter like Lowe, Williams and not Sumer up front, you know, linking with the, with the strikers. What is he? Is he, is he's, he no, he's not. He's twenty-seven, actually. Okay. He's not a. He's not. A, he's not a kid. But he's. You know. Obviously, he's. You know. He's. He's. He's blossomed, and he's. But they do rate him. And the other player who who seems to have disappeared off the radar, but he may come back yet. You never know. Is Luke Murphy, who um the ex crew and Leeds player yep. who joined them in August. Um now there is a question mark around match fitness and has he, is he. And has he adjusted to the style of play? Because he was a late addition to the team. Um, um, few of our players, he, they had an absolute stinker. The thing they're worried about, Bolton, um, 
before the international break, they had a home game against Sheffield United. They were beaten 3-0 and they weren't just beaten, they were hammered 3-0. They, it was an absolute confidence breaker for them. And it's they've only picked up a point, one point in 12, including that game. So, they're, they're, you know, have, they be, there's a have we been found out kind of narrative running along as well. He played in that game and he was struggling and the word lazy came up from several players. He just wasn't, he was, he, he, he was anonymous in, in the midfield. And Sheffield United's midfield, if you remember, is, is probably their strongest part of their field, their, their team. They've got a very strong heartbeat. And, um, but he, he just, he, he was, it was a bit of a no-show from him. So I don't think we'll see him, but he's worth mentioning as well. So that's the central midfield. As I say, you're looking, I'd say it'll be O'Neill and Lowe probably doing sitting in the, is the two yep. and then you'll have Williams playing more but not as I say not as a, a geometric playmaker playing beautiful passes more as kind of just kind of industrially yes, running bring, around you know, bring, bringing them forward basically yeah, yeah. okay so onto the wingers mm-hmm. okay we just I think crack on here. we got our ex Norwich friend who uh, ex Wigan Norwich who gave yeah. Chambers nightmares is, uh, is mm-hmm. he there Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, he is indeed. Mr. Wilshirt. And and who else? Uh, you mentioned, which we talk about Wilshirt in a minute, because I missed that Wigan game, apparently. There was a game with the... the it was a... It was a away game in the fog, I think. It was. And he apparently, he was a... He gave, he gave us hell that night. It I remember is. thinking, oh my Lord, he's a he's a proper prospect. You also um, had a pretty decent game, if I recall, in... Is it the 1-0 where Madison scored? Because I think yeah. he played... He definitely played in the home derby game as well. He did. He was him and Madison. They were the two problems we had. Because it was game. Spence at right back, wasn't it as well? Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, yeah. They were. He he was he was prominent. Sometimes it could be just the way the game falls out. He I remember that now. He was 
because we all Madison was the big news, but Wilshire actually was a very good foil for him. Mm. He really was. And um, he's been. It's the you're going to hear this with all three wingers because I say missing Amiobi is a huge loss. But the other three they've got, um, they're it's the classic winger winger thing inconsistency. Um, there's a worry with him. They feel they wonder whether confidence is an issue with them. Um, he did make uh, just as O'Neill made one criminal pass to give away a Middlesbrough goal just as equally Wilshire made one criminal pass before the break to set up a Preston goal and they, they he, his pace is fantastic um, he gives them a threat that way but he can be infuriating as some of them have said that he's inconsistent they said at the Preston game had he got his feet on the wrong had he got his shoot boots on the wrong feet some of them think he's trying too hard to impress that he's trying to rebuild his confidence because they felt things didn't work out well for him at Norwich. But another person, this is an interesting because this used to be this was a Palace thing when they had their two wingers under Friedman and then Holloway. Under Holloway, rather than playing a ball to the winger to run forward with it, they, he would play the ball in front of the winger to run on to. Mm-hmm. And I think Wilshot, that's what they feel he needs. Rather than playing the ball to him on the halfway line and get him to run with it, you want to play the ball ahead of him so that he can actually yeah. attack it. I think that's that what Houlihan was doing. I think he was playing yeah. those crossfield balls. I think maybe yeah. the goal came from that. The Madison goal, I think maybe, or maybe mm. I'm making that up. But I definitely recall Houlihan was pinging crossfield balls in the yeah. direction of Wilshire in that game against you us. Could see, you, could, you could see that doing well. And actually, it was one of those things. And now that you say that, they were talking about, they were talking about Otsumer. They felt that he could, that's the kind of thing he could do for the wingers, and for, particularly for Wilshire. One of the, one of the one, one Wanderers fan actually specifically said that having a good midfielder who can pick a pass could be the thing to, to release Wilshire. So, um, but, but playing it to him on the halfway line, he suddenly gets caught up in traffic mm-hmm. and... He, he he struggles a bit more. It feels, it feels um, like he's one for a foot race, doesn't it? With a fullback, maybe. Yeah, 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 exactly. So if he's on the if he's on the left, yeah, if I put Danassian in there rather than because he'll, oh, yeah. he'll yeah, but we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll come we'll, we'll, we'll come to that later. <laughs> anyway, um, so then Plan B there on the left is Will Buckley. Now again, Buckley's a name you think Brighton stumbled and he was on loan at Leeds. He was in. I think it was. It might have been even that great team that um, that um, Tarico was the assistant manager to the this Brighton team. team. Yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I think that, that, I think yeah. that was Buckley. He was a man with a great. You know, he's he's still only twenty eight. But um, this is cruel. Well, another wingers hit the final third. You get excited when Buckley does. You're relieved if he can fluke a corner. I mean, that's painful. They were saying about. That's you know it's it's a confidence. I think what wingers it often is that it's confidence. Works hard but doesn't have the engine to last one half, let alone two. He makes the occasional gut busting wrong and surprises everyone with his pace. But then and then plays at half of that pace afterwards. Mm-hmm. He's 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 very much a bench option, and that that's how they've been using him. I don't think I'm just looking. I don't think he's actually started. Just looking down the list here, he's they do they they he's been he's been pretty much used. Um, yeah, he was a substitute. He started against Sheffield United actually, to be fair, but he hasn't been seen since. He's he's disappeared. He's disappeared off the team. Um, on the right wing with Amiobia, you've got Craig Noon. Ex Cardiff and Brighton, that's right. And now, and they've, it's funny, I laughed when I read what the Bolton fans were saying. They said, he's okay, but he, because Cardiff fans used to say this, he can't play football if there's an opponent within six yards of him. He's one of those guys, if you give him time and space, he can be brilliant. But once you complicate it with an opponent, he, it kind of, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it causes a problem. Curse the opposition, yeah. It, it curse, exactly. It was Sartre's great comment, wasn't it? Uh, but he said, he said, uh, noon, he does have energy, but, uh, but he, which often goes herring off in the wrong direction. 
Yeah, it's a, it's the classic winger thing: drive and desire and show, but no end product. One of them thought, and a few of them agreed with this, that he might actually make a better full back. Actually, coming from deep, it could be it could be better. But with with Amiobi not playing, he's pretty much nailed on to to go in. I would have thought Nudson would have had enough though to deal to deal with him because if you if you complicate things for him and get on top of him, I don't think he'll be. He's not going to be an Ollie Watkins. Put it that way. If we do go, assuming we play with the back four um, on, on on Saturday, so that's the three wingers that they've got. As you can see, all great names. Wilshire, Buckley, Noon. We've come across them before. We know them all, but they're not. When you the reality of them at the moment is not quite what they would like it to be. Um, which moves us on to the three strikers that they've got, and um, interesting an interesting mix again. Yeah. Um, and I think they're. I don't think they're necessarily that strong in this area. They could do it probably more depth. Um, the bench option is Clayton Donaldson. And um, when has he, I don't think he's actually looking at him. Yeah, he has. He started. He was subbed. Substitute against Reading, substitute against Birmingham, substitute against Sheffield United. Has he he got hasn't off the mark yet? I seem to recall him um, scoring quite early on, but maybe I made that up. No, you could be right. I can't. That I don't know. That but I he's, can't. Yeah, so he's into his thirties now as well, isn't he? And yeah, he's Birmingham 34. and yeah. yeah. 34, Birmingham, Brentford, and then for the, yeah, the year at Sheffield United. Um, a handful a handful who'll be able to hold the ball up and he can close games out. They, they, they used to have um, Aaron Wilbraham last year, and I think he's gone to Rochdale. He's gone to a lower league team. So they needed a, a bench option to replace Aaron Wilbraham. And that's what they the think. Big yeah, yeah. Man. But, he, but you say that, and that's... That was a that's, comment about Wilbraham, to be fair, more than Donaldson. Yeah, but. yeah no, that's right. No, no, sorry. Forgive me, no, because, you see, it's the... the Man, he's an off-the-shoulder striker. Yeah. He's because he's athletic and he can do that. He can hold the ball up, but he's actually more dangerous. Almost in a kind of Jordan Road, spin the ball in, and he'll he'll turn the defender and run with it. But very much given his age, a bench option, um, and uh, and used to close games out. I think that's how that's how very much they would see him. He hasn't played since the Sheffield game, so I'd, I'd be amazed. Well, you know, who knows what managers these days seem to be changing anything, <laughs> but um. But I'd be amazed if he starts. I could see him being on the bench and coming on, particularly if they're if they're doing well, because he, he can, you know, that last twenty minutes is what Wilbraham used to do. Um, the prospect that they've brought in is a guy called Christian Doidge, who has come on loan from Forest Green Rovers. I think it was the Dagger originally played for Dagenham, and um, he, he's only played the once, which was he came on loan with the view to it being made permanent in January. So he's a uh, what um, what date was it? The, it was August the thirty first. So he's. He's only there a few weeks, um, and he played on his own in the game against QPR. Lot of he's a he's a prospect. Um, he's got a bit of quality with his feet and looks lively. His movement is good, but he seems a bit lightweight. He's he's, he's learning his trade basically. Um, lots of movement, winning the ball in the air, but he looks like he needs to get in the gym. He's a good long-term prospect. Um, I don't think he'll start, but again, he's one. He's an option that they have. They might if they if they wanted to play with two, if they wanted to switch to a two up front near the end or something, you might you might see Dorridge come in. But um, very much a, he's not. He's not a frontline striker. And the one player they have got is Josh McGuinness. He's had quite uh, a good scoring start to his career for them. He has, yeah. No, they, they rate him. He's done really, really well. And um, they talk about him again. And he fits their model of play again. Because, you know, just we were talking earlier about um, uh, the... Uh, well, my brain's gone here. No, Joe Williams. That's right. Forgive me. Joe Williams, the Everton Loney, who's... Industry, industrious, is muscular, etc. And they were saying about McGuinness, and um, he competes with headers for headers and wins most of them. 
God knows he's not the most skilled, but goodness knows, do we need his muscle. He's a decent all-round player. He never stops running. It's the same narrative with all the players. He never stops running and using his pace to get us out of trouble. We're talking about a hard-working championship team here. Yeah. He's not a, they did an interesting comparison. This is interesting to benchmark him. They, one of them drew an interesting parallel with Gary Medine who we do remember. Mm. Um, and they said, to, to compare him to Medine, they said he's not as strong with his back to goal or as good in the air, which are Medine's real strengths, if you think about it. But he is more mobile and he fits our system well, whereas Medine would often play for himself. McGinnis is very much a team player and he's looking to bring players in. And he's more, you know, he's, he's a little bit more rounded in that sense. But they are worried. One of them said if he gets injured or loses his shooting boots, it could be a horrible season. Um, I think he came from Charlton this year, but his yes. background, I think, is... is um, He's got, he played for some Scott. I think it was Aberdeen and Kilmarnock. He's played in the Scottish leagues before coming coming down. Is he in a Northern Ireland international? I think um, he? He, he is. Yeah. He is. Yes. I mean, I, I tend to think of yeah. him as kind of in yeah. the John Walters mold. Actually, mold. Actually, he's quite physical, um, and yeah. as you kind of say, in terms of getting around a bit. Um, yeah. But maybe I'm thinking more stature because um, he's quite quite strong quite you know i think he can strike the ball quite well as well no that's that's a that's a that's a perfectly that's a brilliant analogy that's an absolutely brilliant analogy yeah did he play on wednesday mcginnis i I, when looking through the lineup but i don't think i saw him no he did no he led he he led the line heroically the the phrase the phrase not being able to do anything when your nearest teammate is 50 yards away I don't know what he, him know. and Caden can Jackson can exchange notes for parts of the uh, second half <laughs> <on> Tuesday. <laughs> oh dear, I was that perfect game. It's kind of you'd, you'd almost want to get a video of it and watch it just as this sort of weird experiment, whatever. But you know, it, it seems I don't. It's I'm convinced because we come on and talk about it, we can then move that moves us on nicely to talking about Saturday. Hmm. I he's going. I reckon he he's um, Parkinson has deliberately taken his. His um his attacking players out of the firing line. I think we're going to see a very different team against us. He'll, I think I'd be stunned. I'd be absolutely stunned if he goes with a, a back five again. I could be wrong. And they, I mean, they have no reason to fear us. You know, I, I yeah. The point that you made that clearly the acknowledging our a point against Brentford is is no mean feat for us at the moment. But you know, yeah. the, given the run they've been on and given their obviously in the late in the in the table, they yeah. shouldn't really fear coming to Portman Road at the moment. Um, no, no. So maybe it might be a quite an open attacking game similar to the second half on on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. perhaps. Yeah, I can see them doing that. I can see them coming out coming out to play against us. So certainly against Queens Park Rangers, I don't know. They, 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 I think they were the lot. The loss of Amiobi has unbalanced them, and I think he was he came off in that game with an injury, which I think which I think did throw them a little bit. I think they were, you know, you're set up to play one way, you lose your key player, and then suddenly, oh my, you know, they, 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 it, it did seem to, it, it seemed to knock their, it affected their shape, and certainly it, it, and Queen's Park Rangers have been very clever. They've just brought in, Naki Wells particularly, he had a really good game. They've been clever. They've brought a couple of good strikers in after their, their ghastly start. They were saying that the QPR team now is not the QPR team of six weeks ago. It's a very different it's outfit. what a couple yeah. of loans, um, yeah. quality yeah. loans can do. Yeah, um, exactly. Should we, yeah. we try and navigate our way through the Ipswich team then for Saturday? Yeah. Um, there's a couple of key decisions to be made, not least at centre-back. I, let's work on the basis that we're not going to try the same formation that we started on uh, Tuesday with, um, for now. Um, mm-hmm. Would you bring back Enciala? And if so, who would you dispose of out of Chambers and Pennington? I probably wouldn't, actually. I, I'd, it's... It pains me to say it, but I felt Pennington and Chambers did make a. They did look a proper unit 
in the second half definitely I felt that they were up against Mopies and is a is a wily customer and I felt that they did work well Pennington had a couple of slightly flaky early passes it was just pre- it was just nervous stuff yeah, really was, yeah, but, 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 but he, once he settled down he was he was fine he was able we were getting more Ben Rama was busy and noisy but I felt we were getting more there was more going on on the other flank than on his I felt that that um I, I felt that his side, his side of the pitch was was um, pretty, was, was pretty solid. So um, I think I'd stick with Pennington and Chambers myself. Pen, I think Insial as well will benefit from being used by being by being introduced gradually over time. I think throwing him in the way we did was an absolute baptism of fire. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm. A jump up a league with no preseason um, is uh, yeah. was tough. Um, yeah. Moving up the pitch, then um, Cobob Massive asks us about Chalaba. Um, the question is kind of better than our young players and um, more worthy of a start ahead of our own players. I'm maybe a, alluding to one Andre Dezel perhaps there. I don't know, Cobalt Massive. But do you think, I, th- I thought he was okay. He was definitely one of the more obvious nervous players on Tuesday night. Definitely, yeah. you mentioned at the start about players kind of turning around and going back home. Yeah. He did that quite a lot and also yeah. gave the ball away quite a lot. But would you yeah. start him on, on Saturday? Um. I probably would actually. Um, I'm trying to work out what sort of midfield you'd put out against them. I would. I would be if he can, if he's encouraged if he's encouraged to play on the front foot because he did. He does have a forward. Well, we saw the the cross. Um, it, we, you know, the, it's the old Rolls, the Rolls Royce and the L plates. The L plates with the turning back. Because I spotted that it was almost like a, a nervous tick. Mm. Oh, if that. But you don't realise by turning back like poor old Flynn Downs did. You can actually turn back into even more trouble. Yes. Sometimes sometimes a hopeful, you know, a sort of a, a slightly a slightly flaky through ball isn't isn't the worst thing in the world. Um and uh, he given that that cross that he played to Jackson that that's that's a, that it's those flashes. We know he's inconsistent, but when he has flashes of of like that, you think, you know, he could be the player who can actually unlock and lock a defence. He was brilliant, as I say, in the in the Exeter game. But then he was playing a a, a lower level of a lower level of a lower level of opponent. And um, but I felt he was um, he grew in the game. And I felt if in the four two three one of the second half he was, we saw the more confident side of Chalaba rather than in the first half because a lot of those those nervous passes and the failure to to capitalise were, if memory serves me right, were happening in the first half. So if we stay with the same shape. Then you you know Scoose Chalaba Nolan would be the would be the thing to do. I don't see any need to change the team that finished yeah. the game. Uh, yeah. Ignoring the subs, yeah. perhaps. Um, yeah. It seemed I I thought Grant Ward grew into the game quite well, and yeah. he's kind of on my mm, list because I think sometimes he flatters to deceive. But actually, I thought, as you say, he put in a lot of running um, yeah. in the first half, and in the second half, he put in different type of running and actually scared yeah. them quite a bit I think attacking he them did. down the left hand side and he swapped with um, with Edwards and we've we've spoken about Edwards being able to play on either side as well I quite like that setup and then being yeah. able to uh, swap round so yeah. that might be a way to go that could work um, it's it, Ward is versatile that's that can be, that can tip into being utility player and not being good at anything. And he was very poor in the, that the Exeter game going back. But he was he was a transformed player. He had a very specific brief in the first half. It was clear, and he was one of those players who came out of the first half with a lot of credit because he was busy. He was industrious, and you could see. I felt anyway that he was he was imposing his personality on the game to some degree. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, that 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 would make sense. And also the Edwards on the left thing is interesting because. 
this came up in a few discussions I've seen and said, oh, oh didn't Edwards play on the left um, Peterborough? And, um, and he likes to play there as well, I think. He, said he does like favorite, to, he I think Joe he, said he, it was... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that came up. That's what it was. It was. It was. It was on Monday. It was on the the Monday show. Exactly. So there's a, you know, that 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 could work quite well. Um, you know, and and they and they, I suppose I don't really inflict them over or not, but but Edwards on the left would be fine by me. Um, yeah, it's um, um, Jordan Graham. I'm 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 still not sure about. Yeah, Hull wasn't great. Um, well, but similar to to Ward on Tuesday just set pieces yeah. the quality of set piece delivery from both of those two players was pretty lousy um, yeah I don't know what we do about that but maybe set pieces aren't how we get our threat no no they were over hit I remember at one stage we were winning free kick after free kick down that down the down our, our left in the second half and I just said whip it in whip yeah. it in just none of this don't don't float something in just whip the thing in because when we did there were a couple of corner kicks that we had against Brentford and there was mayhem going on in the mm. box there were proper scrambles it was oh cool. yeah the you crossbar know, and over yeah, kick thing yeah, and yeah. yeah it was you know it was just it was all you know it was it was proper pinball so just I, I just whip the thing in you know it's the old into the mixer and see what happens you know because we have it sounds primitive but it's better that than anything strange um, languid or floated mm. so um, yeah it's um, yeah um up top then. yeah um so walters looks a doubt if you believe hearst's press conference which isn't a surprise i thought harrison did okay in the first half actually um but was maybe mm. a bit unfortunate to be subbed but then it kind of worked out didn't it with with jackson and the question from ipswich town home and away um is do you think hayden jackson up front with balls over the top or into space for him to run onto i would add is likely to be a successful, ever to be a successful route to go in. I think that pace is a real asset for him, isn't it? It is. To be fair, Brentford's back four. We were saying that before we recorded that the, the, their two centre backs are Mepham and Conza. They're only twenty years old. I mean, just think about that. And they've already lined up Jean Vier to come in on the basis that they think Mepham will be sold on for some mad amount of money. They, Brentford, you've got to give it to them. But they were a decent back four, and Jackson was more than able for them. He scored against them, and he was. You could see in the first half they were. He was a proper handful. So to me, Jackson leads the line. He'll just, um, just, just to. Just even for just to punch holes in them, but particularly with Weeter and with um, with Mark Beavers, the, you know this. You know if you've got two slightly slow centre halves, at the very least, what will happen is you will force them back, which will give the midfield more space in which to operate, which yeah. brings Chalaba and Nolan into the game, and then you're then you're starting to link with the wingers, and then and then and then the fun can really begin. So you know you could we could re- we could recreate that second half against Brentford pretty quickly, I would have thought. Mm. But I I I'd, I'd go I'd go with Jackson definitely myself but yeah yeah so, so matt kind of matt asks um with bolton fans uh, moaning about not having two men up front um and the potential of them playing five at the back i think we probably agree that they'll revert back to the four at the back weren't they that was a borough one-off wasn't it the five or yeah. three at the back i mean if if we're battering them or if they're if they've managed to get a one goal lead on an after 60 minutes or something like that they may well i mean if you saw if you see wilson coming on for a for a <laughs> For, for a midfielder or for whatever you might see oh here we go you know it's going to be it's the Alamo time it's a dangerous game to play though it really is um, but, yeah. but he asks is this the perfect opportunity to play Hurst 4-2-3-1 with the full backs bombing on a yeah. very attacking central midfield pro- presumably Nolan who I thought had yeah. a really good second half as well to support Jackson yeah. I think we'd agree with that wouldn't we 
Yeah, just take the game to them. Just absolutely take the game to them. It could be a really what? open game. It could be really exciting, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw, if we can, if we do what we did in the second half, I mean, the Brentford fans said that the team on their forum, and this was picked up on TWTD, the team that played in the first half would have got relegated, the Ipswich team. The yes. team that played in the second half was comfortably mid-table. Yes. And that's and that's where we are comfortably. You know, there's no reason why, we, if we play to our potential, that's where we should be. So let's just, let's just get after them and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I think mm. we... we there's a few questions about Paul Hurst, and we've we've mentioned this at the start. So, um, right. to um, to Firmski and um, to Richard, I think we'll reserve judgment on Mr. Hurst for a while longer, if that's all right. But thank you for your questions. But yeah. I think Steve, um, our, our friend on TWT, Steve, sort of made the point. I think on Tuesday, straight after the game, you don't want to kind of wonder what might have been if you're Paul Hurst, and you know. We'll acknowledge the rumours briefly that you know there was a lot of chat on TWTD and Twitter, perhaps of Evans thinking of his options if things stay the way they are. But if you're Paul no. Hurst, what you don't want to do is 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 go defensive or, or or tinker around. You want to stay with what you know, and you want to go for it, don't you? I think that's the our yeah. best chance at the moment to break out of this yeah. this non-winning yeah. run. Do you yeah. go with that? Yeah, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Just do what we know works. He's got to where he is playing a clear model of play using with and using industry. Just do that. I mean, that we saw in the second half with industry, you know, tempo, you know, it doesn't, you know, and we were playing against a team who technically were better than us and have had some pretty decent results. And, you know, and they were hanging on by the end of the game. So let's just bottle that and just, when the first, when the opening whistle goes on Saturday, just pick up where we left off. Absolutely right. Mm. So uh, I guess one more, a couple of more questions. Um, uh, mm. Beanie um, asks, and, and we didn't talk, we didn't make a prediction for Hull. I don't know if that's what let us down. Let's let's try and get, stick to a formula, and maybe we'll get it mm. um, get it right. Um, with the pressure of this being must win and um, and a winnable fixture, um, might the pressure be too much? And I guess we, I probably was trying to find a positive out of our review for Hull. Um, to suggest we had a chance, and I got some abuse for that. Um, but um, I don't think the pressure's on anymore. I think the pressure's off us, isn't it? The, rest, the mm. expectations are so low. Bottom of the league, no wins yeah. yet. I actually think probably Tuesday's lifted the pressure a little bit, hasn't it? I think it will have. The second half particularly, that was cathartic. If the first half had, re- had replayed itself, I think we'd be in a very different place. But there is a, there is a bridgehead there. It's a small one. But if you can build, you know, if you can push out from there, um, the, you know, certainly if you know if we go a goal up, if we, you know if we were two goals up against Bolton, they could end up getting belting because then suddenly they move, it's just losing the fear and it's it's the confidence thing. Suddenly you you suddenly playing on the front foot, you're taking creative options, you're taking right options, you're seeing things, and players are making the runs, the movement, the whole the whole disposition of the team changes. So um, yeah, it's I just I'd say I just say almost treated like the third half of the Brentford game and just go out with the same team and say, right, carry on where you left off, lads, mm. and see where we get to. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one more. Um, sorry to Jules who asks about um, Emma Hughes, but I don't think um, we know about his situation too much. No, um, no. From our friend Joe, who I think the second half of his question, I, I presume is asked with a tongue in cheek, um, is this a must-win game? I think every game is pretty much a must-win game if you're Paul Hurst at the moment. Um do we know who the ref is? Is the referee one Barry Knight? Has he, are we going to open up the annals of history and rewind oh, 18 years and let the best referee that we've ever had officiate tomorrow on Saturday? 
Oh dear, that's so funny. It's funny because I've actually written down some Bolton fans' thoughts on us, and the, one of the phrases was "I must win." So something's <laughs> got to give. Um, now it's funny that, that when we first we because we didn't play them for over a decade when they were in the Premier League and we were hammering, you know, where, where we have where we have been for quite a while now. They um. We didn't play them, and then when they came, when they got relegated, then all the Barry Knight emetic came out—the pain, the anger, the frustration, etc. And I have a very good friend, Liam. His dad is a Bolton fan, and I impishly one day said in my shop, I said, "Mention the name Barry Knight to him. Just, just drop it in the drop it in the conversation. See where it goes." He he refed a game between us once. So Liam came back in twenty-four hours later, say, "I I phoned my dad and I mentioned Barry Knight to him." He says there was a strange moaning down the other end of the phone. <laughs> Barry Knight, Barry Knight, no. Oh no! <laughs> it's uh, I, it's uh, yes. Don't mention the war. No, it's it's died down now. I think they've 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 um. Eighteen there years was is a, a long time. Eighteen years is a long time, but maybe it's um yeah. They there was um, a few years ago when one Bolton fan did put up a thing. He said Bolton are winning two. It was a, one of these how will the game play out scenario threads. And he said the game Bolton are winning two one. Or if when the ghost of Barry Knight emerges and it sends three Bolton players off and gives it <laughs> four penalties. You know. <laughs> It was strong in cheek, but it was very, very funny. Um, One oh, of the dear. bits of video content uh, that I'm super keen for us to do um, for Blue Monday is to sit down five neutral supporters and make them watch that game and see whether they agree or not with the decisions that he made. Because uh, with my blue tinted spectacles on, I can't see how any of those decisions could have gone another way. Um, yeah. But maybe let's maybe let's not open up old wounds with uh, with Barry Knight and Bolton. Uh, let's leave that one for another day. Um, uh, Harry, that was was fantastic as always. I've got um, uh, Harry, our friend Harry Butcher knows exactly how to get read out on here, but it doesn't make his comments any less true. He wants to thank you for the wonderful job you do. Um, he knows what's going to happen before he even goes to the game and. You know, it, I think certainly I'm, I got the sense, perhaps I don't know if it was Mullet or someone else. I think we got chastised. And if he's watching, hello, Phil Parkinson. But maybe we're giving too much away, Harry. Maybe we need to uh, maybe chuck a few red herrings in there for next week so we don't get Mr. Hurst in trouble. But yeah, another mm. fantastic job on Bolton. Thank you so much for that. Well, can you, you um, tell us where we can find your blogs and, um, and yeah. also all your stuff on Twitter? Well, the, the actual written preview with formations and videos of the recent games will go up on TWTD tomorrow. It's usually up by lunchtime, late morning lunchtime. I will also link it on my Twitter feed, which is at Harry from Bath, which you can find readily enough. To Fantastic. That, that, mm. So you can follow the channel um, at Blue Monday ITFC. You can follow me at Ips Rich, um, Ben at Benjamin Bloom, Dave at David Diamond Three. Mikey, let's see if I can get this right, at Mikey underscore Smith 13. Um, Joe at Joe Fairs and the stat man at, at Chompex 3. Um, Harry, once again, thank you so much. You, uh, can I get a prediction from you for Saturday? I think we're, I think I think a two 0 to us. I think we can two do this. I, I think so. Yeah, let's get a clean sheet as well into the bargain. I just don't think if Amiobi was out there, he's worth a goal. With him not there, I think it could be two 0 And if you know, if it's two 0 with ten minutes to go, I'd be a happy man. I really will. I can't yeah. beat that, Harry. Thank mm. you. And um, thank also, you very much. See you for Birmingham next week. Cheers, Rich. Thank you, and have a great weekend, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.